The following podcast, though presented by Tamed Idiots, is intended for mature audiences. The opinions presented in this podcast are not intended to sway anyone's opinions as the people presenting them are kind of dumb. The topics that are presented and the opinions that are expressed are intended for entertainment purposes and should be considered satire. Some of these stories may be exaggerated. It's up to you to determine which ones. Though we are not professionals, we have a combined total of 240 years of being stupid. Do not try this at home, and please proceed with caution. Welcome to the Absurdly Average Podcast. My name is Akil, and you're joining myself and the Merry Band of Morons yet again as we come to you live. Well, actually, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's not live. But if you are joining us on Twitch when we do record it, then it is indeed fucking live. So whatever. And I realize this intro isn't just whatever. It went off the rails in my head. So I'm off the rails already. Fuck it. It's the podcast. This podcast goes off the rails on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a podcast. You're on brand right now, Akil. Yeah, I'm I'm doing exactly (laughs) what you subscribe to this podcast for. It's a a uh, heavy podcast. Yeah, right? So we are coming to you all with the SCP yet again. Now, you may think, well, you guys covered the SCP already. Well, we kind of did. But number one, can you really ever cover the SCP? But number no. two, we, uh, we have one of our ministers of moronitude who has never heard of or anything like that with the SCP, and that is Fatballs. So what's going to happen is we all picked some SCPs that we thought were pretty fun, funny, or crazy, we're going to go over a quick overview of the SCP itself so we can get all of you new listeners caught up if you don't know anything about the SCP, and then we're going to jump right the fuck into it. All right, so, so I, I just want to point one, one thing out really quick, if I could. Yeah. The whole going off the rails thing doesn't really work with us. We're not on a train, guys. We're in a Jeep that has one of those snorkel things, okay? We have no tracks. We have no tracks to go why, why off the rails Why are you talking for? about my Jeep? I'm just saying. <laughs> I was no, going to say, what I'm saying. are fairly like fucking common here. They are. I get it. But you do know that, like, I the, own like one. That, they go all over the place, right? Like, that's off-roading, that's whatever, right? Yeah, but usually we... There we are no tracks like here. A, no, no, we, we at you, least... You can't, you can't even say that, Mike, because you try to keep us on the rails. All Not the always. Time. Yeah, we, we try and keep some semblance of structure. We kind of want to stay on the... We want to stay at least on a path. I got a thousand dollar plate steel bumper on the front of my Jeep. We're going to go where the hell we want to. If it yeah, it's just fine, fuck that path. Go in there. And I would like to Dude, point out that a you guys sailboat are... in the middle of a crosswind. That's it. I, I just want to say that yeah. even though you guys just said that I'm the one that tries to get us on track, I'm the one that totally. I was going to say, you absolutely blindsided the shit out of us. Fuck you guys. But see, that's the whole point. That's literally yeah. the whole point. I was going to say, we're, we are absolutely on brand with our dumb shit right now. So, oh, yeah. you know, why not? Um, We've so done fuck the intro. Me, let's fuck something else. Yeah, right? We didn't. I haven't even gotten to introducing everybody. But so today, the ministers that are with me are Fatballs, Cotier, Spatuli, and Biggin. Uh, Tony may or may not show up like he always or always doesn't. And Yanni is not here today. However, he did let us know about his submission for an SCP for us to check out. So, listeners, what's going to happen is we're going to cover a little bit about the uh, the background of the SCP, the classifications, and then we're just going to get into the wild and wacky shit that is the SCP. So without further ado, uh, Biggin, do you want to talk about what exactly the SCP, like a, a little 
elevator speech, like a 30 second. What the fuck is the SCP? What do they do? What is it? The SCP is a lot like the men in black. I'm pretty sure everybody here has seen the movies, the men in black with Will Smith and all that stuff. Yada, 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 you know, except expand on it. Let's, this is the men in black on crack. Okay, instead of just aliens or, you know, somebody would be, uh, uh, even Fatballs earlier was like, oh, kind of like cryptids. I'm like, yeah, kind of. Um, the SCP uh, contains anomalies, whether it be people, creatures, locations, items, all of it. Worldwide organization. Um, they try to collect them, study them. Sorry about that. Um, I can smell that from here. I know. Um, they contain them study them, find out what we can, you know, try to find out everything we can about it. The SCP is pretty good. They don't have, they are kind of like a no-kill place. Like, they generally try to avoid destroying them. Um, funny enough, the ones that they do want to destroy, they can't, so that's always hilarious. But yeah, that's a, that's a good summarization of the SCP. They're just a worldwide, like, if it's fucky, they come in and they deal with it. So with the SCP, they end up designating their SCP anomalies, because they're not all cryptids, but they designate them all in one of three classifications. You've got your one, which is safe. The second, which is Euclid, which it does need resources to contain. It's a little unpredictable, might be dangerous. The third, which is, we were talking about this as we were getting ready to do the podcast. It's the Keter class. It's not inherently dangerous, and it consumes a lot of resources to contain it, and your containment procedures may actually lead to it being very dangerous to humans or the way the world functions as it is. So we'll get into that. And, and, a, and um, a good good note on Keter, and it actually works out great, because one of the ones that I have that I want to talk to everybody about today is because I had to kind of go through... In the other episodes we've done, I've talked a lot about, um, um, words. Some of my top favorite ones and all that stuff about like, oh, I love this. So I tried to go off of that a little bit and bring up some new ones. Um, and, uh, but one of them is like one of those that is, why is this one, uh, in the logs, it even talks about why is it Keter class? And then you go in to explain, this is why it's Keter class. And you'll see when we get to it, but. Yeah, so. Also, the Yanni... second one, you or the, the first link you had pulled up, uh, Akil, is a joke. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a joke one? Anyone that starts, that ends with J. See how it's SCP-8003-J? Oh. Those are jokes. Oh, well, then I'm not even going to continue they're, with they're, that. They're meant to be stupid and funny and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So the one that Yanni had submitted, again, he's not here with us today. He's got some real life shit he's working on. But it is called the Apotheosis Hub. Now, I don't know much about it. I, uh, I'm i just going to read it. Um, and obviously, if anyone else in chat knows about it, then there is that. If you are live with us on Twitch, I have it pulled up for you to read. But we're just going to go through a couple of snippets about the encounters or understandings of this this scp so the advent of 3396 has begun to exert unprecedented changes upon global society despite foundation anti-intelligence initiatives 
3396 instances not under containment have utilized their newfound anomalous abilities for a variety of purposes. It includes murder, nonviolent crime, mass eradication of certain diseases, public welfare initiatives, or and public welfare initiatives. While the foundation has maintained a semblance of control over global media and thus far has been able to limit the knowledge of 3396, instances of the contamination continues. So I'm not actually sure what 3396 is. Do you happen to know a little bit more about uh about it? Biggin? I'm looking it up real quick. Cause from what it sounds like, 3396 is like a uh either a creature or an anomaly that can control entire states of being from what it sounds like. Because there's already starting to sound like the monsters from one punch, man. I, you know, I've been told I need to watch one, uh, uh, what's it called? One punch. Yeah. You need need to watch the first season. The second season is good too. I'm waiting on the third. I like the second one a lot. We're done here. So three three nine <laughs> six is yeah, it's the apotheosis hub. Yeah, that's well I'm looking at what three three nine six is. Um oh gotcha. It looks like it's kind of like a um the direct definition is a category four extra dimensional entity with it which exists as a gestalt of physiologically and metaphysically mutagenic symbiotes that currently inhabit and affect approximately 6% of the global population. Threat level God. Its central nexus is located approximately 75 kilometers southeast of Death Valley in the Mojave Desert. Ew, it's so hot there. Gross. (laughs) I don't do heat, and I live in the south, so what do you know? Come to Canada. Yeah, I hurt my own feelings walking outside today. Yeah, well, we got hit with false falls super hard just now. You ain't it was, dude. It was starting to cool off, and it's being all nice, and all of a sudden, back to the fucking it 90s. Look, we're like, oh, it yeah. looks like next week is the real shit's coming. I hope so. But that's the thing. So this uh, this SCP seems to be something that can do a a control or an influence over a decent percentage of the entire population. And that's fucking insane. So again, this is what the SCP can does. Like they try and find what these things are, classify them, and if they are a clear and present threat, then they try and contain them. Now, I feel like next time Yanni's on here, he's going to give this episode a listen because he's not here, and he's going to be like, "You forgot this, 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 and this about well, the, the apotheosis." The, the problem, the problem with Yanni's favorite stuff is like this is probably his second favorite, just behind the Ouroboros cycle, and the problem with the fucking Ouroboros cycle is what we've talked about in previous episodes, is if you truly want to explain the whole damn thing, you're going to need about an episode or two just to explain those. Yanni likes these that you have to get into the weeds for like days and read, you know, 70 different logs and all that stuff to figure out. Which it makes for good lore, I get it. Yeah, no, that's fair. All right, so then how about this? Let's let's kick off with Cotier's pick, and then I'll pull it up on screen. Tell us about it. Tell us your thoughts about it, uh, and then we'll we'll keep going on. So, what do you which which is yours, Cotier? Yeah, uh, yeah. 
So it is three two seven five. Three two seven five. All right. So go ahead and tell us about it. Okay. Uh, so the description of it. Uh, oh my three, god. Two, seven, yep. I, sorry, I just pulled it up. It looks weird. Yep. Uh, SCP is a recurring anomalous phenomenon that affects commercially produced pizzas delivered by individual redacted, uh, who is designated as SCP-3275-2. Pizzas affected by uh, 3275 are referred to as instances of 3275-1 and have been noted to defer in the extreme from orders placed by customers. Specifically requested topics will be absent and explicitly unwanted ones will be present. So, basically, it goes on to say that uh, the 3275-2 is a non-anomalous human male who is 22 years old, uh, uh, as uh, of age as of redacted date, uh, stands 1.81 meters tall, weighs 68.5 kilos, mugshot is available upon request, blah, 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 blah. So... Between the time that he gets the pizza and it gets to the location, changes are made, and they don't know how. Security footage retrieved from uh, 3275-2's workplace seems to indicate that uh, the anomaly manifests at some point following uh, 2's receiving a pizza for delivery and preceding said delivery to the customer who placed the order. Uh, has been recorded receiving correctly prepared pizzas from the kitchen staff. Confirming delivery to the correct address, uh, the retrieved store footage further indicates that Dash 2 does not interfere with or sabotage any pizzas given to him. Here's my take on that. One, I think that it's either his car or the uh, heat containment box, that bag that he puts it in, thus delivering it to the customer. I... I it, almost go ahead. It doesn't mention his car anything in it. It only talks about him getting it at the store. It doesn't explain anything about between point A and point B. But effectively what happens is person A orders or the the person orders a pizza. Yes. When when it falls into the custody of this SCP and Dash this two. SCP delivers it. Yeah, Dash the, 2 is the person. He's an anomalous. The pizza right. itself is the anomaly. Right. So but it, when the pizza arrives, it arrives absolutely wrong. Correct. I almost wonder if the SCP itself fucked this up. I would, I would almost posit that it is the... It is the uh, okay, so bear with me. I, I spent a lot of time working in the pizza industry, like fast food pizza or whatever. And if this was me, this is exactly what I would do. For all of the people that do like, they're either super shitty to my staff when they're answering the phones, um, or the people that pre-tip like 50 cents on their delivery receipt. Mm -hmm. I feel like this SCP feeds off that knowledge that, hey, this person's a complete shitbag Karen. And they make the pizza correctly because you're supposed to. But the SCP is exacting vengeance on behalf of, like, that emotional anguish from the staff and fucking it up on purpose to be like, fuck you, Karen. At least that's how, that's how in, like, in my mind, that should work. Because feasible. fuck them. Like, because, fuck those people. In regards to this, that is entirely feasible because um, it doesn't say... 
uh, that it happened at any previous locations that he worked, or if they didn't, um, or when it started, because now that's redacted. Um, but it's interesting because that could be it. The SCP could be doing that, which is entirely plausible. Um, for instance, the image that you saw, see up there, it has under it, instance of 3275-1 obtained by the Foundation for Chemical Analysis, olives noted to emit foul uh, sulfurous odor, original order was for a vegetarian pizza. Uh, yeah, and I bet you... If you take a look on it, there's like there's what like appears salami. to be bacon, salami, and I don't know what the fuck that is. But yeah, I I 100% think that this... And watch, I'm going to get a knock at my door and be like, hey, this is the SCP, come with us. But I I fully believe this SCP is just dealing with the Karens. Like, it's it's just like, hey, you were an asshole to the person... But here's the thing, the or is the guy, the, the delivery driver, is not the SCP. Right, right. That's right? why my thought process is... Okay, so uh, let me pull back the pizza curtains real quick. Ew, no, wait, that being said, I, I am gonna, gross. I am gonna continue. I'm gonna point out again, though, is that uh, the anomaly. I feel the anomaly resides either in the carrying bag, like the the thermal carrying bag, or the vehicle. Yeah, I think I would agree that it's either the thermal carrying bag, the vehicle, or in order to consistently do it like the way that it does, it could also be. So on the front of pizza boxes, when you get a delivery, um, you either get a receipt or you get a sticker that's on the box that tells you what, what pizza belongs in the box. And so it could be that the receipt printer or the label maker for that thing, like that label maker is potentially the anomaly here and is like, oh, this person's an asshole and then attaches a bit of itself to that, that pizza box and transforms that pizza on the way to the Karen. Oh, maybe. Just a thought here. Just, just my thought. Just my thought. What's our resident expert think of these theories? I was gonna say, Biggin. What do you think? I don't think it's a Karen because, as it's written, it's every single order. Oh, is it really every single order? Any order that he takes. Yes, it's anyone that he specifically takes. Oh, then I, I either did not hear that. Yeah. Okay. Then nope. Then. It's something, it's something, yeah, absolutely wrong with the, the thermal bag or the vehicle. It's got to be one of those two things. It's, it's going to ha- it's gonna have to be, it's not necessarily one or two of those things. It, it's going Both. to be, the reason he has designated um, 3275 is it only happens with him. If the right. bag was different, you could, you know, it would be something like that. It's a combination of him interacting. As a, if, if, if his job is just being a delivery driver, he's probably using his own car, and he may have his own bag. Could be. There's, guy, there's guys here that do it in my city. Yeah. They own their own thing, and they're a third-party person. Uh, the pizza joint calls oh, them up and like says, a, hey, like do this. Like a fucking DoorDash that's got their own thermal bag to bring you your food. Basically, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, before DoorDash and Uber Eats were super big, um, we would make sure that our drivers turned in their thermal bags at the end of the night because they are fucking expensive. Yeah. Uh, so we it's didn't like, hell, we have walking out with them. We have some places around here that'll call, call it a specific cab company and say, hey, we got a food delivery that we need you to do. Oh, and, they'll like bring, and, they, and they'll bring their own thermal bags for it. So, so it, it could be... It, 
theoretically, it could be the same thing here. He might be using his own equipment. He's he's probably using his own car. Now, Dr. Gould did say, I would guess that the anomaly lives inside of the delivery driver since different cars and bags might be used. He's not the anomaly, but the anomaly might live inside of him. Which, I guess if the transversive effect of, like, you know... I think I think he is the anomaly, but... Oh, just full out? Because it's such a... But it, they state that he's that he's 100% non-anomalous. Appearing. They can't prove anything, but they also know that this always happens. With him, and only him. So yeah, I feel only like the SCP needs to basically get this dude a job at multiple uh, pizza locations, and then iron out that he is... Like but it is him. if you if you look at if you go to the uh, incident and experimental log excerpts and scroll all the way down past them, it says due to uh, 3275 manifestations seemingly being related to 3275-2's lifestyle provision of health and career counseling, um, a li of lifestyle and provision of health, uh, career counseling to. Uh, 3275 has been proposed which means that the foundation thinks it's him you know in these experiment logs they are saying that this 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 person or anomaly is kind of gross so the big the big thing to remember when you're looking at an anomalous like this the designation for just 3275 is considered the actual act that happens the fact that when this guy picks up a pizza and delivers it in between when he picks it up and when he delivers it, something happens to it. That's the anomaly itself. Interesting. Um, when they say he isn't anomalous, what that means is he is a normal person. He doesn't have any powers. He's not extra dimensional, anything like that. Like he is seemingly normal. This just happens with him. Um, it's just, I think it's him. Just something about him. And it could be just like him at this restaurant in this particular, like it could be a bunch of shit that lines up. And if it's all you those things that line up, then that's why they're like, well, he's not anomalous. It's just, there's like this weird coincidences of, of situations that have to happen and have to come together. Yeah, no, I solved it. I know what it is. It's Mercury is in Gatorade. Oh, yeah, and right, that's <laughs> and that's what did it. It affected something in him. The planet went into Gatorade, and all of a sudden his powers were activated or something. I don't, I don't fucking know. This is a wild one. Though. I still I would... think, I still think that it's his car. That's fair. Okay, I honestly, I honestly do. My initial thing was saying that it's his car, but then I thought about maybe the uh, thermal bag. But I get, I, I, I think that it's his car that does it. You know, Fat Pauls, what are you saying? This might be potentially the. Some small shred of proof that the multiverse theory is correct. This could be someone swapping these out from an alternate universe for whatever reason. Maybe they don't have that particular kind of pizza in that universe. Mm. So they're swiping it and it's like, oh shit, we got to put something back. Oh, like, oh, oh shit, wow. we fucked up. Like, Holy we fuck. fucked up that somebody's order and we got to quickly reach through our like portal through space and time grab the correct pizza and swap it out for this. Honestly, but it's only okay. but it's only from this guy though. That's the thing. I mean they've it doesn't happen with anybody else. Yeah, but you can't broadcast something like that 
any farther than a small localized incident without basically blowing everything wide open, you know? That's fair. Like Honestly, I could, I could, that would be, that would be a fun theory to play with. Yeah, he's like, you can't go swapping hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pizzas like that and not have somebody starting to get suspicious and starting to track what happens there because, you know, there's got to be some kind of evidence there, either, you know, a, a slightly different molecular structure or a trace of whatever transported these things back and forth, you know, still inside the bag. You know what, the biggest thing that makes me like, and this is how you can tell I spent way too much time in food service. I'm thinking about the wasted food cost here and I'm just like, wow. Like, there is so much wasted food here, and that's going to affect how much your budget is for next month. Like, uh, but that's how you can tell I spent way too much time doing this shit. But oh, yeah. we, we have posters about the cost of damages and stuff like that at work, too. <laughs> uh, does anybody have any other ideas or theories about 3275 before we go on to the next one? Okay. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up one of mine. Uh, while we do that, Cotier, if you have any other silly ones, feel free to bring them forward uh, and queue them up, because I think Biggin is going to be after you. Cool? Yeah. Okay. I thought, uh, uh, why? No, so I'm going to, because you have, you have a few, right? Yes. So I was, I was saying I can go, and then you can go, so it buys Cotier some time to find something else if he wants. No, okay. Um, okay, so... This is SCP-512. It is held within Site-77 for the Safe Object Repository. It is to be shut at all times, and testing during adverse weather conditions is forbidden. All outdoor testing proposals must be reviewed by Security Chief Anderson. So, what this item is, it's a fucking umbrella. It's got a nylon can uh, canopy and an ebony crook handle. It has a maximum hmm. radius of 0.75 meters when it's open. The make and manufacture of this umbrella are unknown, and it's got a little patch that's taped on uh, that is visible underneath the canopy section. However, when it is opened and pointed upward, it exerts an upward force in opposition to Earth's gravity in a dome-shaped area directly above itself with a cross-section area roughly 1.77 meters squared. Precipitation and other objects will be suspended and deflected within this area of effect scp-512 has no effect when it's closed or at a horizontal angle despite the efficiency or efficacy against normal precipitation it is not advisable to use this during severe weather though because of an unknown process the anomalous effect causes the air above it to become very ionized this interaction causes an electrical current to greatly increase in amperage while in directly contact with the item this causes the threat of direct lightning strikes to become exceptionally dangerous to any individual holding 512 as evidence through the death of the original owner, as well as, I guess, D512-33. Additionally, any electrical current appears to travel across the surface of 512, causing little to no damage to the structure of the item. 512 was recovered from a public park in redacted Florida. Of course, it's Florida. <laughs> Why wouldn't you have just a weird-ass fucking umbrella in Florida? Local emergency services had been summoned to evacuate the area due to reports of unusual lightning strikes. 512 was discovered caught on a street lamp and fully open with evidence of several lightning strikes in the immediate area. The handle was noted to be covered in ash. 
Foundation personnel intervened after local newspapers started to report on the anomalous properties. So, yeah, that this, is a – go ahead. This one's too easy. It was made by Electra Boom, and he just never published the video. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> what do you all think, though? Would you uh, – what do you all think about that umbrella? Um, It could be fun to have fun with, like fuck around with, but – See, I would, I would kind of want it and then put a bunch of like, um, what do you call it? Okay, I don't know science, but I feel like if I left this bitch out and uh, like had some other lightning rods nearby, I could effectively channel free electricity, and I'm, a, I'm about that. Eh, not really. You got to look at the test log. Oh, God. Well, I saw the testing items where they uh, they dumped orange juice on it. No, the addendum experiment D dash five twelve dash three three. Oh, uh, an unexpected severe storm occurred during testing, and in the rain repelling properties five twelve coupled with exceptionally low pressure caused a suction effect in the region directly above the object. No, it pulled the D class object, holding it upward into the air, and drifted on prevailing wind currents. Uh, it was able to hold on to 512 as it rapidly gained altitude, glided over Site 77's perimeter, and into the surrounding area. It was observed that 512-33 quickly developed skill in altering the angle of anti-gravity effect to slow for a semi-controlled flight. A helicopter was launched to pursue the object and D-512-33. The object was recaptured following a lightning strike. However, D-512-33's remains were not recovered. Well, mm, okay, so it's like an inverse Mary Poppins umbrella mm -hmm. with Thor powers. So this is the kind of thing not really kind of Thor powers, but it it, it heavily in, in implies that he got fucking struck by lightning. Oh, absolutely! Because yeah, it's yeah, only yeah. gonna work in the rain, so you can only like fly in a rainstorm and all that stuff. This this is the kind of thing you give your stepdad Terry after he drinks all your Mountain Dew and does a loud sex on your mom. <laughs> I would, I mean, you look at the testing items, I'm assuming, I would be interested in testing it to see if it could stop bullets. Well, That's it only, what I it only really works when you're holding it vertically. It doesn't really work if you're holding it at any other angle. That's what it said above. It's only so three like, years even Florida. Oh my God. Well, it was found in Florida. So, I mean, Floridians yeah, yeah. did try and shoot a hurricane away. I'm looking over at you, Spatuli. <laughs> uh, yeah, good point. So yeah, it's 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 cool, but it's it's just eh. okay. So weirdo umbrella. All right. Well, well I'm if, glad it's you know if, secure. If you put yourself inside a Faraday cage and just hard mounted the umbrella on top, does this become sort of like a, a fucking balloon experience with a few uh, caveats to it? I was thinking you could probably strap it to Tesla coils. Possibly. The only problem with trying to generate electricity off of TUs is you're only going to get short bursts at very, very irregular intervals. I mean, that's true, but the I'm reason, trying to find free wherever I can get free. It, it won't work. The reason that we've not been able to harness the power of lightning strikes currently is because there isn't a battery system developed out there that, that can and maintain that much energy instantaneously. Like, you got to think, uh, like a lightning strike is an instantaneous thing. So whatever you're going to have to do is going to have to be, like, if you're going to use a battery to have it around, it's, you're going to have to contain all that energy instantaneously. 
or none of it's going to work. So and what we, you're and saying we can't is that do there's that. potentially an SCP out there disguised as a vape battery that can probably hold energy the size of the sun. Probably. <laughs> if there isn't, there should be. Cool, like a 7 million watt pole. Yeah, right. Just let me go ahead and crank this mod up to 10 million watts real quick. I mean, Why it'd not? It'd be essentially a nuclear reactor. I mean, yeah. Imagine venting that battery. You just destroy the universe. <laughs> like, that's it. Game over. I had it in my Aegis Legend and I left it in my car and then I don't know what happened. <laughs> but, all right, uh, Biggin, whenever you're ready, let us know what your SCP is. All right, I'm going to start it off with one that's kind of short, sweet, and this is the definition of chaotic neutral. We're talking about SCP-050, a.k.a. to the cleverest. Um, so far, all attempts to contain O50 have proved, uh, proven fruitless. At present, whoever has possession of O50 is to leave it in an office that they use regularly. O50 appears to be a statue of a monkey reading a book approximately one foot tall. On the bottom of the statue are, the eng are engraved the words to the cleverest in, 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 yeah, in cursive script. The statue has so far proven resistance to all forms of damage. As such, there is no accurate method to date the object. When left alone, O50 has shown itself to be both useful and antagonistic to its currently on current owner. Although never seen to move, no matter the manner or the amount of recordings, any room that is left in becomes very clean, to a polish whenever possible. Paperwork is filed, trash is emptied, and in general, clutter is removed. However, O50 also has a tendency to leave traps for its owner, so current holders should carefully check their offices upon returning. So you get the best, like, cleaning service ever, but you also might step into a trap. Yep. Okay. How how malicious or how I don't know dangerous does it say the traps are? That's a... It doesn't say. The only thing that it says in the footnotes is attempts to damage O five O have resulted in increasingly lethal pranks. But this writing destruction testing is uh, discontinued. Yeah. So like from what it says, it seems like as long as you're not fucking with it, the pranks quote unquote are not lethal. They're just pranks. Like, How do we, like, do the opposite of destructive? Is that that might be the best way to get the best of everything out of that without the downside? Is to do what now? Like the opposite of damaging it. Oh, yeah. like, like trying like to clean it, it or like something. Offerings. Yeah, like clean it. Like it, I figure there has to be a way to get far enough up that ladder where it's no longer traps and it's like a tray of cookies or some shit. No, you're just gonna start pissing off the other idle SCPs, and that's not gonna go good. Yeah, but they're not in my office. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter problem. when you can't contain any of them. They're not in my office. It's someone else's problem. <sighs> so I wonder, I wonder, I guess, if you, because it's a monkey statue reading a book, you just sit there and give it uh, bananas. And at the very least, maybe it would potentially set pranks or traps for you know, other idle SCPs that would want to cause you harm, maybe. But, I don't know. Also, Dr. Ghoul pointed out, like, if you do like your mess, like your clutter, and you know where everything is in your clutter, um, this SCP might actually be dangerous for you, because all of a sudden you're like, damn it, I knew where my insurance paperwork was. It was on the floor, 
underneath the left side cabinet, underneath a, a, a fucking Snickers wrapper. Like, <laughs> especially for guys, we know we know our dumb shit like that. We know our clutter. So, I don't know. This one could be potentially problematic for uh, for some people. That's for sure. But I don't know. Would you want this? Would anybody want the S- this uh, SCP? If I could consider my house my office, absolutely. We're in dire. Oh, so it just cleans the entire house. Bingo. Oh, I mean, fair. I have an office in my house, so yes, I would definitely use it. Okay. Okay. Coach here. What about you? Oh God, I desperately would use it in my house. And then just... I feel like Spatuli would try and just you know give it some uh give it give it away or something like he doesn't. I don't think Spatuli likes his uh offices fucked with. Uh, no books and keep it happy. <laughs> what you said? Feed it books. Just give it books. Here, here's something to read, buddy. Yeah, except I feel like the moment you give it Twilight, it just fucking kills you. Like oh, God, I feel like Bro. the quality, the quality of book you have to feed this thing or offer it or whatever has to be worth its shit. Otherwise, this SCP might just you know lay a trap out to kill you. One of yeah, the- but then can't you just like what happens if you give it a dictionary? You know, there are a lot of those like world book encyclopedias out there that are sitting at Goodwill and garage sales. Mm-hmm. This thing could eat for the next thousand years and be fine. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Twilight, one of the defining elements of my first marriage, uh, the the ex-wife got super fucking into Twilight when it came out. And uh, so she was there at Walmart at midnight for the second movie, and she decided to watch it while I was home, and I was pretty heavily buzzed. So I sit there doing the MST3K thing, making fun of it the whole time, and she got so pissed she stopped talking to me for three weeks. And then when she finally decided I was worth talking to, it's like, ah, fuck, it's over. That was great. I mean, hey, worth worth it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, the the three weeks of silence was amazing. It's like, uh, I've made some mistakes here, haven't I? (laughs) I need more of this silence. It was great. Uh, Dr. Ghoul said, I'd let it read Viz's up-to-date Profanosaurus just to see how weird it gets. I don't know what that is, but now I'm curious. Oh, but, God. If you fed it Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, what would that do to the fucking pranks? I don't... <laughs> oh, I don't think I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, we're teaching, we're teaching a chaotic, neutral monkey statue how to play pranks across... I don't know, I, potentially... You know what? This is the inspiration behind the pizza thing. That's what happened. This thing read way too many or watched too many training manuals at like a Papa John's and is just pissed. It's but then you gotta like way- hit him with like Playboy and Hustler and shit and see what happens. Just balance. The- <laughs> yeah, you gotta balance everything out. It saw the Wendy's rap training video. Oh, God. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Coats here, have you found uh, another one for you yet? I have not. Okay. Then I so will if go. If you all want to go again. I was going to say, unless someone else has one, uh, I can go again. Yes? No? Okay. Go for it. I've got all this queued up, too. All right. So this one is <clears throat> SCP-799. Every specimen of 799 is to be kept in a separate biocontainment cell at Site-66. Uh, this, is, this has been stricken through, but I'm going to read it anyway. 100 grams of dry brine shrimp is to be sprinkled over each of the objects monthly. If this is not available, 500 grams of household dust will suffice. So, 
members of SCP-799 vary in size, shape, and superficial appearance, but always re retain the appearance of a kill, uh, knit or woven item of bedding made from extremely from, uh, unfamiliar but very soft fiber that ranges from or that resembles a Murano wool, but identifies as data redacted. An individual's mass ranges from approximately 0.5 to 6 kilograms and does not change through ingestion and excretion. So any immediate increase in area comes at the expense of the thickness and fabric weight. This blanket retains heat unusually well. The colorations and markings are highly variable. It tends to strongly lean towards pastel hues and patterns resembling stylized neotenous animals, particularly when its mass is less than about 2 kilograms. The items are living organisms, most similar in physiology and structure to redacted, although alternate hypotheses suggest fungal origins. Although well-insulated, they are apparently cold-blooded, hence their adaptation for use by intelligent homeotherms. Instances of 799 are torpid and incapable of movement, requiring little nutrition. What they need, they draw from the organic detritus present in household dust. One specimen is believed to have survived on four years, or survived four years on end, stored in a damp, ill-maintained attic, living on heat from the house below and detritus from the wooden rafters above. Excretion is minimal. Ex uh, excreta resemble very tiny and dry redacted. If it is forced to survive for long periods of time without sufficient nutrition, 799 is capable of metamorphosizing into a predatory foot. What the fuck? The resultant structural changes are invisible to the casual observer. They consist of modifications to the digestive tract and feeding orifices. The latter shift from minute disper or minute dispersed filter feeding mouths into one single large mouth lined with redacted. The organism also develops contractile tissue similar to animal muscle. Once the metamorphosis is complete, 799 waits for a large animal to wrap up in it and become quiescent. Sleep is common. Before opening its mouth, tearing off a few kilograms of biomass and consuming it. What the shit? The biomass is apparently reduced to then slurry almost immediately. Even after seconds of feeding, there is no visible bulge in this blanket. The mouth is completely reabsorbed 10 minutes after feeding. At this point, no evidence of the blanket's nature is available except by x-ray or observing the sudden increase in mass. By 40 minutes after feeding, the entire carnivorous digestive system is reabsorbed and the organism resumed to a filter feeding phase. In this uh, carnivorous phase, the organism will not feed on inanimate objects or cold-blooded animals. Dr. Redacted hypothesizes that its senses are entirely limited to touch and heat, and it doesn't recognize cooler objects as organic. This SCP reproduces by budding. When a mass reaches a certain minimum, very slow, it takes on a more quilt-like appearance. Gradually, over the course of several weeks, the quilt squares along one margin puff up and slough off to become several several small doilies or throw pillows. The offspring are often clones of the individual, identical in every way, and will grow to a similar size and reproduce given suitable conditions. So this That's is a damn. fucking Netflix, like straight to Netflix special 
Like you know how there was rubber, like that that mm-hmm. killing yeah. that killer tire movie. Or there was like that that mattress that ate the people that or that ate and killed the people that had sex on it. Mm-hmm. This is one of those movies where it's a murderous blanket. It's like a, that, it's like a bad B movie that's hilarious. Yeah, so like yeah. Here's the one big hole in the that whole train of thought. You're never not around incredible amounts of dust. Like you know, there's a lot of dust that's comprised of pollen, dead skin cells, like everything there's nowhere you could put it where it couldn't just constantly feed till it's had its fill you know i feel like that's a catch-22 though because you could leave it in the dustiest house ever with animal like dander like you know having animals live there so there is animal dander everywhere and stuff like that but at some point yep it starts to it, it reaches its critical mass and then the little doilies fall off and they start to feed as well until they reach that size. So at some point, it's not going to have enough dust to feed on anymore. It is literally going to just keep going until it reproduces and then keep going again. Although, the idea of a blanket, a very comfy blanket, that transforms into a fucking man-eating monster and will eat off however many kilos, I think it said four kilos at a time. And then just be like, all right, cool. I'm done. And then just turn back into a comfy, cozy blanket. Like, mm, yeah, that's, that's a little fucked up. Here's the other half of that too. Is like, if it's anywhere where people are, if it starts making more blankets, someone's going to move them, get rid of them, do something with them because that is just fucking weird. You know, the only way it could hit that point right there is if it was in an area where there were no people at all, and it would just have to wait until it stumbled across, like, a rat or something like that. Like, you know, it would be very, very hard to generate the conditions where it would go uh, carnivorous and then return to its normal state. See, yeah, I, I think, like, like, the easiest oh, way to contain it would be to put it in a box and drop it in the ocean. Yeah, like, that... <laughs> Wouldn't that be the easiest way to do it? That you know how much... Do you know how much biomass is in the ocean dude yeah but if it's in a sealed box it doesn't matter well if it's underwater then you have the constant carnivorous state because dust doesn't really happen underwater you might be able to get yeah but see but doesn't matter right so if it's at like the deepest part of the ocean the, the odds of a warm-blooded animal crossing its path on a regular basis is very slim you know that's a solid point i didn't even i like I read the fucking thing, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't have eyes or anything like that. It it works on something either brushing up against it and it recognizing heat. So if the it, things around it are cold-blooded, it's not going to know any better. It was proven to appreciate brine shrimp. That is true. Um, I will say this, though. And again, this is... This is uh, I feel like I've got to pick up a little bit of Tony since Tony's not here, but... This would be the best assassination ability ever. Like the, the you go, would, the blanket would temporarily become a dumpling. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the blanket would become a dumpling. So super throwback to our food episode. If you guys haven't heard that, go back to that episode and listen to it. That was but, before we started recording, wasn't it? But see, no, yeah, it'd be like did... a potential assassination because it doesn't, since it can't see, there's no target. So right, let's say it takes off a chunk of, like, let's say you take off your fucking foot. Right? You're not going to die from that. I mean, you could if you can't get to a hospital fast enough. But, like, it's like 
the weirdest potential assassination tool possible. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean that's true. Possible. But if you starve it and you're like, here, take this, um, it's gonna eat. What is it? It said, I think it said four kilograms, right? Like, where the fuck mm-hmm. did I read this? It, so, four kilograms is however much like of weight 13 that it is. Pounds, something like that. So, yeah, like, that is a big chunk out of a person. If and, you take that much off a person, there's no way you're not hitting something that's gonna bleed out within like a minute and a half. That's what I'm saying. And like, so all you did is you're like, oh my gosh, I'm here to negotiate peace talks with you. Here's a blanket as a gesture. Oh, uh, sounds God, maybe that's, sounds maybe that's really familiar. Okay, hold on. Hold Holy on. Holy fuck. I will say this. I, there's, there's some weird, uh, okay. I'm trying to say this without sounding offensive or whatever. Yeah. But like, it is weird for an Indian talking about like gift giving with blankets as a, kind of as Indian. a, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not that kind of Indian, but it's just there's some weird irony that I can't click together, but it's there. Like all of the all of the parts to the recipe are there, and I can't put them together. But you know, throwing that one out there. But like, yeah, imagine just you know you're you're going to do peace talks with someone who is just a grade A asshole villain, and you have starved this blanket. So you've got a very nice little box, and you're like, yeah, like I this is hand woven for you. Let this be a sign of our brand new friendship. They go to put that blanket on and cuddle up at night. They are missing four kilograms of their body the next day. And when people go to investigate, all they're going to see is a fucking blanket and a huge chunk of this motherfucker missing. And that's it. And you're just like, "Hmm, okay, like job done. They're done. Taken care of. No problem. Hey, Rigaloo. So that's where I'm at with it. Not much. We're here talking about the SCP. Oh, see. Okay, okay, okay. I've been trying to get your attention to kill, and undoubtedly my mic hasn't been working. Please check your DMs on um, uh, Discord because I want to make the joke, but I want your approval because I don't know if it's appropriate. No, I would say not. Okay. Like, I, if you have to I, ask. I was going to say, like, I, I put those pieces together for anybody to make the joke themselves, but I'm yeah. not making it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not it, touching that one. I, again, I was, I was like, I, it popped into my head while we were going through this one, and I'm like, should I? Should I? And I was yeah, like, that's, I'll that's message you. And while you were going through that, like, kind of like piecing it together, I'm over here talking, and undoubtedly my mic was just like, you know what? No, we're just going to quit working for a minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> but okay, a sign. So that, is, uh, that is my SCP. That is another one of my uh, choices that I threw up here. Uh, who's got another one that they want to bring up? You know I uh, do if nobody else does. Yeah. Uh, if you're ready to throw out another one, what is it? Uh, 2006. SCP-2006. All right. Let me go ahead and pull that up and go for it. So, 2006 is to be contained at site 118 in an airtight containment cell. 2006 must be constantly monitored for changes in I inform, which are to be noted immediately. All personnel coming in contact with SCP-2006 are required to enroll in an acting course with focus on expressing fear and surprise. Every month, 2006 is to be shown at least one new, extremely low-quality horror or science fiction movie containing horror elements. All interaction with 2006 must confirm that 2006 continues to believe that said works demonstrate a superb grasp of horror. 
So 2006 is a sphere, roughly 50 centimeters in diameter when it's in its default state. Its goal is to cause feelings of fear and horror in as many humans as possible. To accomplish this, person, uh, this purpose, 2006 possesses the ability to change its shape, mass, and volume, and density, chemical structure, and voice to any form it desires. Currently, there is no known way to damage it. The extent of its shape-shifting abilities is unknown and is currently thought to be unlimited. Um, basically, the containment that we have for it is give it shitty horror fix, flicks and let it transform into things and like act like it scares you and it's just kind of it says uh later on of um well 2006 will generally attempt to startle and or scare any individual it comes into contact with but after doing some will become affable and friendly the reasoning behind this is currently unknown um Although 2006 has repeatedly stated its goal of causing as much fear as possible, it is a poor judge of concepts that cause fear in humans and constantly searches for new methods in which to accomplish its goal. This poor recognition extends to recognition of emotions in humans as 2006 is incapable of distinguishing between subtle differences in emotion that would be obvious to a human. So basically, they just, you know, feed it crappy, like, low-budget horror movies. Yeah, like rubber or that bed or, well, um, I wouldn't say teeth because teeth actually was scary. And um, and then it, it jumps out and it tries to scare people. And everybody that comes in contact with it knows to act like you're scared. But after it scares you, it's cool with you, you know. And at the bottom, there is an addendum here at the bottom. And this is the one that I was talking about that, like, every, you know, like, it's, it's cl our object class is Ketter. And everybody's like, you know, you can see why you be around it for a little bit because it's, it's friendly to everybody after it scares them and it doesn't do a good job of scaring them. And everybody was like, you know, um, you know, why is this thing Keter? And it says, I am here to remind you that a Keter entity is a Keter entity, regardless of how in innocuous it may seem. No, 2006 is not a rampaging demigod, nor is it a regenerating super liver lizard. However, it possesses the same level of danger as any other Keter that the Foundation has contained. Think of 2006's purpose. It wishes to scare people. Imagine what would happen if 2006 broke containment and found out what really scares people. Imagine if it saw the horror and fear of war, or the concepts of paranoia or phobias common to each and every human being. Imagine if it found the true horror of a nuclear holocaust or an XK-class scenario. Now couple that with an entity <laughs> that possesses shape-shifting abilities with no known limits, and you'll understand why it's classified as Keter. Look you know, at uh, Ghoul's response in there. It's like never showed a Godzilla movie. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, we'd like we'd have to we'd have to find a way to get Mothra involved just to be like, all right, you got to take out 2006. But I was I was gonna say don't let this thing learn about Five Nights and Freddy we uh, Freddy's otherwise I'm fucked. Oh, oh like, yeah, that, that sh that's that it. That's me. it. I die. Like, but see, I wonder, right? So if it could see movies, right? That means it can actually visually see things. So what happens if you show him a mirror? Can he duplicate or can it duplicate? No, I think it has to. It has see to... something it comprehends as fearful to humans. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, but if he does, if the thing doesn't transform and it scares somebody, then wouldn't it realize that it itself can scare people? I don't think so. At least not the way it's written. Although you're asking some highbrow questions, so I agree with the question. But as as far as the the SCP entry goes, I don't think so. I will say this: SCP two thousand six. I'm so scared of moonshine and boobies. Ah, <laughs> we can't teach it the phrase. My period's late. Oh God. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and don't put, we don't do? don't put it in a room with me and a rom com because that shit's terrifying. <laughs> don't put it in a room with any politician. Like C-SPAN, oh god. <laughs> all of a sudden, this thing watches enough Fox News, and it's just like, alright, here we go. And I'm like, nope, this is, nope. It's all Alex Jones, Joe Rogan, and Rush Limbaugh. Oh god, could you imagine that, like... I'd rather you... not imagine that. What, what was it What was it in Rick and Morty, the Cronenbergs, where, like, all of the... Oh yeah, the Cronenbergs, yeah. Yeah, I, what happened as soon as Fatball said that was this this mind of, like, a Cronenberg of Alex Jones... Um, uh, Joe Rogan. Who else did you say? Rush oh, Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, just all in this one fleshy blob. That's that's fucking horrifying. Like, let me tell you, because all of a sudden it is a hatchet wielding naked fella running through the woods, talking about the turning the frogs gay, and it's all the fault of the libs. Like, nope. No, I don't want but, any but, fucking part of but, that. But the thing is, is it would just it would it would hunt out elk meat, and that's it. <laughs> That and do copious amounts of DMT. Yes. <laughs> we we also probably shouldn't introduce it to Meese. No, if that thing met a Meese and realizes that the only natural predator of a Meese is a fucking killer whale, no. Which I still find fucking hilarious, by the way. Yeah, that's still insane that the only natural predator of a moose is a fucking orca. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, that makes sense. But, okay. This was a good one. I Okay, so here's the thing. If you had to show it a shitty horror movie, what is that shitty horror movie and why? Oh, God, there's this really old one called I Piss on Your Grave. And it's, what? It's nothing but a series of just the slasher parts of horror movies done with a budget of, like, tens of dollars. Um, so it's just the, <laughs> with a budget of tens of dollars, I love literally, it. Literally, like it is nothing but like the scene where the guy, where the slasher kills someone, over and over again, all kinds of different vignettes, and it is one of the worst things I've ever laid my eyes on. Um, I would definitely feed it the original Evil Dead. Yeah, the original. I was about to like, say. <laughs> you, you call that bad? It's fucking glorious no that's the thing it's it was supposed to be a scary whatever movie but it just wasn't but if we're trying to keep this thing docile so it doesn't learn about real fear i'm like yeah you know what that plus like the weird skeletons and how shitty it was like yes but don't show it the remake ash versus evil dead don't do that no, dude, Otherwise, we, gotta it'll show the, to we gotta show the human centipede. Oh, fuck oh, you. you fucking <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> fuck you. The human Cause... centipede goes number six. Oh, God. <laughs> no. No, we don't We don't show it the human centipede. We don't show it Fast and Furious, because otherwise, at that point, it's just 
continuing a a long line of movies that doesn't need to continue anymore because then it's gonna be like all right what else can we do with a car we sent one to space let's go to the deep ocean with it it's no so you wouldn't be like that all it's gonna do is just you know somehow conjure engine and transmission noises shifting a thousand times yeah it's just like like all upshift no downshift (laughs) It's like, hey, bro, we're like on gear 37. We're done. Are we done here? Or like, what the fuck? Yeah, the biggest. And you know what? That is a very specific fear to like mechanics only because <laughs> all it's going to do is scare the piss out of car people to be like, oh, my God, if there's a transmission that's got 47 different gears. No. Yeah, you have a <laughs> fucking big rig, bro? Oh, dude, so, no, some of these big rigs have like fucking 30 gears. It's ridiculous. Dude, there's some of those big rigs that have three different fucking uh-huh. shifty oh, yeah, knobs yeah, yeah. on it. And, like, I saw a video of uh, of uh, a truck driver that has, like, they, they were on a straightaway to because they were just going straight. And they had to take both hands off the wheel and shift, like, three different things all at once to maintain the operations of the truck. And I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Oh, dude, just wait. I mean, you... Obviously, it's a big rig. Big rigs are one thing. But if I showed you a fucking 442 Hirsch-style shifter, you'd be like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> a Hirsch-style shifter, or at least the the G-body version when it first came out, is three sticks. Fuck it's, that. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Okay, uh, what about... Uh, let's see. So, Cotier and I, I think, had the same one. Fatballs had one. Uh, Spatuli, what horror movie would you show it to keep it docile? Ooh, uh, wow, that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. I really haven't watched too many horror movies. Um, that weird one was it a uh, Walrus? Have <laughs> you guys ever watched that? No. I'm not a really big <laughs> horror person, or like <laughs> shitty. Pat Balls know what the fuck I'm know. talking about. I forget. That. I, I don't know if that's the name of the movie, but I, it's I like a. It's like a mock documentary where this dude serial kills people, but he takes their skin and turns himself into a walrus. Are you talking about Tusk? What yeah, the fuck? <laughs> ah. No. I feel like that is on the path to us just dying as a human race. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, you just see this walrus getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're like, wow, is that an elephant walrus? No, it's that big because it's made out of flesh. Like, No. No. Mm-mm. I, wonder uh, if, I wonder if Strangled Mania would count. Oh dear God. Uh, Biggin, what about you? What movie would you give it to? Uh, to keep it uh, docile. I have no idea. <laughs> or like, does it have to be a movie, or can it be like a a video of something? Because if uh, it could be a video, I'd be like, bro, show him a documentary on the gathering. Well, oh, no, you see. That's the thing with Stranglemania. This is much older ICP stuff. But what they did was they took these clips of, like, extreme wrestling from, I think, Japan. And you have, like, electrified barbed wire ropes on the ring. And they give all these guys their own names. And it is fucking hilarious. What the fuck? And I tried to find a copy to watch it again, but there's only one on Amazon for like a hundred and twenty fucking dollars. And uh, the VHS oh. is cheap, but no one has a VCR. I got another one there that would be good for it to watch. That would be not be scary. Yeah, what is it? Manos, the hands of fate. I swear to God, it's all, ever since you guys mentioned that fucking movie on this podcast like months ago. 
almost every two weeks, someone somewhere mentions Manos to me. And I'm like, what the fuck? It was nowhere <laughs> in the realm of my existence up until you guys brought it up that podcast episode. And now it movie. does not exist. Like, I can't get away from it. So fuck you guys. Now, Dr. Ghoul did say never let it see the thing, which is fair. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Dr. Ghoul said what I said earlier. Uh, I would try and convince it that porn is scary. Like, oh, my God, moonshine and boobs. Ah, I'm so scared. That's, yeah, absolutely. That'd be scary. Um, But I would, mm, yeah, I think we've covered a decent amount of, like, the, the shitty movies we would have to make sure this thing sees to make it happy that it has, quote, unquote, scared us now we did get a comment from chat from al morin about scp to check out and this is their amazing so let me go ahead and do it so it's scp scp 3001 so let me go ahead and pull this up and we will get into whatever this is so scp 3001 object classification is euclid So, here we go. To prevent further accidental entries into SCP-3001, all Foundation reality-bending technology will be upgraded slash modified with multiple newly developed safeguards to prevent Class C broken entry wormhole create... What the fuck? Huh? While the the knowledge of 3001 is available to personnel of any level, should they wish (laughs) to learn about it, research and experimentation of 3001 and its associated technology is strictly limited to personnel of level 3 and above with special clearance designation granted from Sites 120, 121, 124, and 133. The description. 3001 is a hypothesized paradoxical parallel pocket non-dimension accessible through the creation of a momentary Class C broken entry wormhole. While believed to be an infinitely extending parallel universe, 3001 is almost completely devoid of any matter and has an extremely low Hume level at just that of 0.032. Contradicting I don't know how to pronounce this, Cajil's laws of reality with the relation between Humes and space-time. This phenomenon causes matter inside it to decay at an extremely low rate, and damage that would otherwise prove fatal does not impede any biological or electronic function. Simulations suggest that an organism can lose more than 70% of their body's tissue and still operate normally, as long as 40% of the brain remains. However, prolonged exposure will cause said matter to gradually approach SCP-3001's own Hume level, resulting in severe tissue-slash-structural damage as the matter's own Hume field begins to disintegrate. 3001 was initially discovered on January 2nd, 2000 at Site-120, a a facility dedicated to testing and containing reality-bending technology. Dr. Robert Scranton and his wife, Dr. Anna Lang, were head researchers at Site-120 and were developing an experimental device called the Lang-Scranton Stabilizer. Dr. Scranton was transported... Oh, was transported to SCP-3001 after unexpected seismic activity damaged several active LSS in Site-120 in Reality Lab A. Initially presumed dead, Scranton survived inside SCP-3001 for at least 5 years, 11 months, and 21 days. 
During this time, he was able to record his experiences and observations inside of 3001 through a somehow still functioning LSS control panel, which was also brought into 3001 with him through the broken entry wormhole. These recordings were later recovered upon the panel's sudden return, which was an unexpected side effect from improving reality bending technology. These logged to the basis of the 3001 study. Despite new technology being developed, retrieval and reintegration of Scranton has been unsuccessful. His current physical and mental states, if he is still alive, are unknown. So, yeah. Okay. Almoran decided to go ahead and give us a... I don't think an anti-TARDIS is the right word, but... Oh, shit. In chat, uh, Dr. Ghoul also said... 3001 is basically an evil TARDIS bubble universe that eats you and lets you know what it feels like. <laughs> so it's a very, yeah, it's a, it is an alive blob kind of. Kind of sucks that like you basically almost live forever or at least longer than your normal lifespan, just chilling in there, but you don't have shit fuck to do. Mm-hmm. Like at least give me a steam, uh, uh, a steam deck. I know at least one person that's straight up throwing that motherfucker and not feel a shred of guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this is the way that, uh, like, once the alleged mob allegedly needs to get rid of someone, allegedly, this is the best way to do it because there's allegedly no evidence, allegedly, of where you're throwing the alleged victim. Allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> it's just a pocket dimension where you throw idiots. Like, I'm fine with that. Although, I don't think... From what it said, I don't think you get to choose how 3001 opens its maw and devours a thing. It just does. So, yeah, that kind of throws a wrinkle in space-time. Ahaha. Okay, that was dumb. It would be hilarious if it turned out to be the sphincter of a Korean toilet ghost. Ah! Right? Ah! (laughs) Like those weird Japanese movies that you pick up from like the uh the like hole in the wall uh Chinese or Japanese restaurants that are like really shitty bootlegs of like seventies Japanese movies that are super fucked up. Or That's where weird, this is. The weird mom and pop gas station like real deep in the hood. Yeah, and that's that like all of that is basically just documentaries of three thousand and one pocket dimension shit. That's what it is. We all think it's funny and weird and dumb, but in reality, these are documentaries that have been trying to warn us about the capability of 3001. So we don't show this to the last one. No, I don't think we... Oh my god! Can you imagine if 2006 learned about a pocket dimension asshole like 3001? (laughs) We're fucked. That's That's not great. That's not great at all. Uh, uh-uh. I know. Almoran, that was a great, uh, a great suggestion, by the way. And also, Dr. Ghoul said it doesn't matter. It doesn't so much devour you as it makes you the same as it is, the nearly nothing level of mass. And yeah, you basically slowly disintegrate over however extended life you get. But at some point, you come to the realization that your finality is never going to happen. You are just going to continuously survive and deteriorate forever. Like, somehow I feel like that's potentially definitely worse than death. That's so, that's fucked. What happens when the sun goes supernova and consumes everything? Are you still just, like, 
survived that and wind up just floating in the space where a planet used to be for, well, ever. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like the bag of holding. Like, because the bag of holding is an extra pocket dimension that just exists. So if you throw something in the bag of holding, you're, the thing you've thrown in there is in a different plane of existence. But since you can't really destroy the thing because the, the, the maw of this pocket dimension only opens up during shitty wormhole activity, it doesn't actually exist. So, like, if the sun exploded and triggered a wormhole event and the fallout from the explosion of the sun caught this thing before it blinked again out of this reality or dimension, there is a chance you would kill it. But other than that, I don't know if it's possible. What happens what you... if we put one of these inside another one? Okay, it's been a minute since you guys have broken my brain. <laughs> All right, I think the last one was either cockroach milk or the stupid Klein bottle that Tony brought up. But a pocket dimension inside of a pocket dimension, or I guess two dimensions trying to eat each other, resulting in both of them reaching the same level of mass into infinity. It would be essentially putting a uh, a portable hole into a bag of holding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah. You're or, in reality. Or, or it's, <clears throat> you know in D&D there's that jug that can basically never run out of whatever the hell you fill it with? Or like, uh, like let's say it's water that's supposed to come out of the jug and it'll never run out. Mm-hmm. It's effectively pouring one of those into a bag of holding. Like they will never, there's never enough water to fill never enough space. It's just continual into infinity. You just made a new universe. Yeah, uh, basically. You you are become God. Yeah, I feel like there's there is a way where you could potentially have these two dimensions rotate into each other over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to create dark matter and use that swirling vortex of technically nothing for free energy. Now, why I'm on such a free energy kick this episode, I have no idea. I'm looking for ways to just monetize because, you know, I make tens of dollars day to day, so this would totally help if I could find a absolute perfect energy source. But, but check this out, <laughs> right? So if if it's a bag of holding, right? What would happen if you turned the bag inside out? Uh, I don't it would think you ju- can. It would stop it... You can, it just stops working. Oh, can you? Well, a bag of holding or a 3001? No, oh, bag of holding. It's, it's not like underwear. If you put the underwear in, on inside out, basically everybody's wearing it except you. I'm just saying, because I figured if it's a fucking bag, you could turn a bag inside out. So. Yeah, I don't know about a bag of holding because I've never... Me and my infinite stupidity have never decided to fuck with my DM like that because I never thought to do it. But as far as this wormhole thing Smart goes, man. Uh, the, the way that this description is, is that it's an infinitely extending parallel universe. So the moment you reach into it, you will never reach the other side to pull it inside out at, for 3001. For a bag of holding, I have no idea. We're gonna, I'm going to defer to Cotier on that. Good luck with the bag of holding bit. Is it possible? <laughs> to in, go inside out? It is. But it'll destroy it in the process, I imagine. But that means you just destroyed a parallel plane. Or, or would it be if you turn it inside out, 
the plane that was in the bag now becomes your existing plane. Therefore, the bag gets destroyed, but now everybody, including yourself, is in that parallel you universe. You just barfed out another plane of existence yeah. into yeah. your own. <laughs> <laughs> that, I swear to God, this is why some DMs will just kill off an entire party, because like, I'm not yep. doing this. Like, <laughs> Oh, look, that <laughs> mountain uh, somehow grew legs. Oh, no, it's a Terrasque. Run! You gonna learn today. Honestly. Honestly. Uh, let's see. You could pour the endless liquid into the battle of holding and install an energy producer into the liquid downfall, and it's an infinite energy producer. Yeah, I mean, you could put a little water turbine in the middle of that and just go on forever. Like, that's that's fair. But, okay. Uh, that is 3001, and that was given to us by who? Almoran. Almoran, that's right. It was Almoran's pick. Um, what's it? Did you want to go, Biggin? Um, do that one that you started telling us about telling me about earlier. Oh, yeah, Spatuli. Yeah, yeah, the one inspired by Spatuli, apparently. Yep. All right, so we are looking at SCP 4450. Um, okay, I've got it pulled up. Let's go. All right, containment procedures appearances of 4450 alpha and or 4450 beta are to be immediately. Report it to the site director, along with any on-site O5 council members. Uh, Alpha and Beta are to be await are asked to wait until their arrival. Any requests for readily available sums of money made by Alpha and Beta during this time are to be granted. Once the site director or any member of the O5 council arrives at the location, they are to be considered the point of contact until Alpha and Beta demanifest. All personnel are to divert any further requests to the point of contact. Um, investigation into the method of, of accessing uh, 4450-1 is to continue until the entry is successfully achieved. 4450 Alpha and Beta are Caucasian males who are always observed wearing black and gray suits respectively. Um, they refer to each other as brothers and often each other, address each other by name, with Alpha being called Chris and Beta being called Beryl. Uh... Alpha and Beta both speak in a very informal style, often uh, conched in thinly veiled threats. These threats often involve around property damage, and the scale of the threats increases based on the number of missed payments. The only known method of preventing this destructive behavior is through the offer of sig a significant payment of physical currency, after which Alpha and Beta behave significantly more quarterly to a for a time, in approximately six months. Alpha and Beta claim to be agents of an unspecified employer and express desire to collect payment for property damage suffered by their employer. When questioned the nature of the property damage, Alpha described a nuclear attack upon a structure resembling an extraplanar pocket dimension designated 4450-1. Further details regarding the nature of 4450-1 and the methods of accessing it are being still being in dis uh, investigated. Um, Alpha and Beta have displayed a number of anomalous properties, including the capability of spontaneously manifesting in any location, uh, spontaneously demanifesting, speed, strength, and durability far beyond human maxima, and prolonged high-speed flight. Um, the addendum is that point of contacts are authorized to withdraw up to 95% of on-site currency reserves in order to pay. In the event of this assumed is 
deemed insufficient, no attempts to bargain are to be made. They are be to, to be asked to wait until funds and assets are consolidated from other foundation facilities. So, yeah. Essentially, they're extra-dimensional um, mob enforcers that are there to collect payment. Then my... Okay. So they're just they're just universal or multi-dimensional mobsters. I I don't see the addendum where they have a strong distaste for ragu. <laughs> <laughs> it's just true. <laughs> but yes, it's it's written to be kind of like you know the 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 guys to come to your door and tell you you gotta pay up, you know. Uh. But yeah, I picked that one out for you, Spatuli. Kind of funny that they put the six months in there because that's pretty fucking accurate. <laughs> and to give you an idea on um, how powerful these people are, do you remember us talking about Cain and Abel in our past episodes and how powerful Abel was? Yeah, yeah. Okay, like yeah, we have like the Foundation has nothing to stop Abel, right? You just kind of let him go. Cause we can't stop him. They whooped his ass without breaking the sweat. Wait, these two. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, one of them. So two one. Interdime- oh, one of them whipped Abel's ass. Yes. What the fuck did Abel owe to the interspecies dimensional mob? Um, basically, what had happened was was they sent um Omega Seven, the task force, in. Um, because it was kind of like how we found out about these two. They sent Omega-7 in because the Global Occult Coalition called in an SOS. Um, I said all this GOC sent with their SOS was that there were two of them, and they blew away most of their compound. Um, so Omega-7 brought Abel with them, because why the fuck not? Um, <laughs> uh, Abel goes out there, tries to take them, like fight them. Uh, pulls out a sword. Uh, one of them catches it, um, and uh, breaks it. Uh, now, remind you, this is an interdimensional blade. Nobody knows where it comes from. It's pretty much indestructible. Um, it says uh, Alpha clenches its fist, shattering subject Abel's weapon. Abel manifests a pair of one meter long swords towards Alpha and similarly responds. Both of its arms are. Similarly repositions both its arms to intercept the attacks. Alpha's left hand strikes through Abel's arm, severing the extremity above the elbow. Subject Abel stabs toward uh, Alpha with the blade in his right hand. Uh, Alpha's right hand punches the blade, shattering the weapon and crushing Abel's right arm. And then Alpha delivers a blow to Subject Abel's midsection, then kicks it aside. So this is effectively what Spatuli and Venti do on behalf of me and Rocket League. Like <laughs> they you just know what's come funny in. Shit too is one of the fucking names is Chris. Is Chris? Yeah, is I was about to hilarious. say. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is uh, again, this is basically like, hey guys, I need help in a Rocket League tournament. <laughs> Spatuli and Venti show up and wreck face, and it's amazing. I'm not saying I'm their boss, by the way. That's not it. I'm just I'm just the dingbat that they like. That's what's happening here. But yeah, but, essentially, I was just scrolling through some stuff, and um, you know what's fucking the tagline? The tagline for um forty four fifty 
Uh, one second, I had it pulled up. Uh, like you know how they all have like a little bit of a name in front of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, forty-four fifty is sometimes things break. <laughs> okay. And like that, just I saw that, and I'm like, oh, huh, and I clicked on it, and I read it, and I'm like, that's Spatuli. <laughs> like, like you know, we gotta the, collect money here, you know. We we, we gotta repair some damages. The the more scary thing is that these two multi-dimensional anomalous enforcers work for an unspecified employer. I am so curious as to who the employer or what the employer is that these two would work for because either that'd be uh, waste management, my friend. <laughs> Well, remember, when, when questioned on the nature of the property damage, <laughs> Alpha described a nuclear attack upon a structure resembling an extra planar pocket dimension. Yeah, so this motherfucker dropped a nuke in another dimension to prove a point, or to make property no, damage. No, 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 no. That's they what somebody did the to them. One. That's what somebody did to them. Oh. They dropped a nuke on the last one we went over. Yeah, right. That's exactly what I was thinking when you first read it. <laughs> but but here's here's again, here's where my thought process goes. Either these two respect their employer to such a degree that they willingly are working for this person or entity, or the entity that they work for is so much more terrifying that these two work for them out of oh shit, we're gonna get killed if we don't work for it and it's, we don't know which truth exists. And if it's the latter, fuck that. Like, cause that's, that's that scene in any like big, you know, blockbuster action movie where like fucking Bruce Lee works his way all the way up to the big boss. And all of a sudden the big motherfucker stands up out of his chair and is ready to fucking throw down. Like, I, I'm not sure which, but all I can tell you is it's probably not going to go well for anybody in that situation. But that's that's nuts. So, okay. Hmm. So, the description of these is four, uh, 4450 Chris and 4450 Spatuli. Got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm the, I'm the one in the gray suit. I don't wear black. You don't wear black? Well, unless you do a funeral. That's actually I'm ordering a uh, a gray suit this weekend. Interestingly enough, but it's like gray suits are very weird because I'm very particular, right? So I like I like a silk jacket, but it's got to be like almost metallic silver. Shark not, skin, yes. But yeah, basically, yes. It's not a true shark skin suit because like uh, I've owned a real shark skin suit and it feels like shit. No, but I meant shark skin as the color. Yeah, like the, yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's what's up. Okay, fuck yeah. I DM'd you um, one. That is the last one I've got, but like I don't feel like talking anymore. And I yeah, think I can you read this one out. I think you would enjoy reading this one because it has a callback to 050. Okay, uh, I'll go ahead and pull it up right now. So uh, do we have any more uh, comments or anything like that on the interdimensional gangsters before we move on? No? Okay. So, 
SCP-693. It is a Euclid classification. Now, this first part has been stricken out, but I'll still read it. As all instances are considered safe, researchers involved can keep any instance of this in their office. But that has been redacted. So let's see what's going on here. No, stricken. Redacted is or you stricken. Read yeah, it. yeah. You're right. You're right. SCP-693 is a series of 18-centimeter humanoid dolls, each one made from a single strand of string with beads of onyx for its eyes. Several instances of 693 have varied forms of clothing, from string shirts or pants or cloth headbands and hats. The clothing appears to have no effect on the properties of the doll. New instances of 693 are found with an instruction sheet attached, the contents of which are detailed in the anendum which I will get to. 693 reacts as a normal string doll until such a time as a piece of hair from a still-living human being is placed in the loop of its string, <clears throat> a process referred to as attunement. For reactions to having hair from a deceased individual used, see the anendum 693-B. At this point, the doll begins to move of its own volition portraying the current actions of whoever it's attuned to. 693 also projects all statements made by the said individual as though it's them. The doll reliably portrays all actions and speech of that individual for a period of nine days. After nine days, this SCP becomes unreliable in both actions and speech. Depending on the color of the base string, the doll will seek to drive its current owner or the <clears throat> owner in this case referring to whoever put the hair in the doll, not the attuned individual, to his death. By inaccurately depicting the actions of its attuned individual, colors and actions are as follows. If the doll is made of blue, it seeks to anger its owner into increasingly violent fits of rage. If it's blue, it seeks to send the owner into bouts of depression leading to suicide. If it is yellow, it encourages the owner to engage in acts of unreciprocated lust. And if it's black, encourages its owner to increasingly dangerous situations. If an instance of 693 is successful in causing the death of its owner, a new instance will be found on the owner's body. The Foundation currently has in containment 7 red instances, 10 blue instances, 5 yellow instances, and 1 black instance. <clears throat> Holy shit. Uh, let's see. There's uh, the instructions that are here. Congratulations on your purchase of a genuine... Oh, hold on. Hold on. I want to do this almost like a, uh, a car salesman. <clears throat> so let me get a, uh, a drink of water and let's see if I can sell you a doll. <clears throat> oh, God. Yes, Dr. Uh, Ghoul. I agree, yeah, buddy. I wasn't going to read that, but yes. I, that's, I agree with that. <clears throat> All right, so here are the instructions when you first purchase a doll. Congratulations on your purchase of a genuine naughty stalker. Do you love someone, but they won't give you the time of day? Do you wish you could hear what they say about you behind their back? Well, wonder no more. Using this fantabulous product, you can keep track of your loved one's every move, their every word. All you have to do is get a single hair from the head of the object of your desires. Flip it under a loose string on our naughty stalker and see what you're missing. 
another wonderful product brought to you by the factory. And then I guess that's where you would have the music for the commercial. Mm-hmm. That is a fucked up uh, SCP. Jesus. Like, that's like, hey, did you did your attempts to gaslight someone not work? Here, manipulate them, and then you get to go die for it. Hooray! Like, huh. Okay. Um, incident 693 slash A slash 050 and then 693E or one. Yeah, you want me to read those? Yeah. Okay. On the date of redacted, Director Redacted left two instances of 693 in his office. Director Redacted had been recently the recipient of 050. An hour after leaving his office, the director was summoned back by security due to a smoke alarm being triggered inside his own office. Upon entering, the director found 050 on his desk besides an ashtray, which was found to hold the ashes of both instances of 693. The ashes had been crafted to spell, you're welcome. As of this incident, instances of 693 are not allowed to be left in researchers' personal space. Wait, wait, wait. Which one is 693? That's this one, right? Yes. Okay, wait. So... 050 is the monkey statue that, like, cleans up your room. Oh, my God. Oh. Well, then. I guess that, that gets all the way back to our first one of this episode. Like... Okay, so essentially, this doctor or director was given the monkey statue that would just clean his office. Yep. Had two of the dolls in his office Mm -hmm. and left. His office caught fire or had fire in it. Uh, The undestructible or indestructible monkey was on his desk next to an ashtray which had the instances, both of the 693 dolls burned and left to ash. And the monkey had spelled, you're welcome with it. That is fucking amazing. Like, that monkey absolutely looked out for this director. So, okay. Like, I I really do like this monkey statue. Because, like, it seems to have the ability to discern if it wants to help protect its... I don't want to say its owner because I feel like that offends the monkey statue, but like it seems as though this director was on its good side because it wasn't pranking him, but it killed two of the dolls that are meant to create harm, which that is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think? I uh, After hearing all that shit. Uh, I just, just what? <laughs> <laughs> Alan, oh no, no no oh no 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 your brain's gonna go even more fucky wucky when you when, when we get to the next incident. No oh, no. All right, so I'm gonna read the next one. Mm-hmm. Six ninety three slash e. On the date of redacted, junior researcher West returned from an instance of six ninety three to the proper containment locker. West had failed to properly remove the hair from the doll when the locker was next opened. All of the instances of 693 within were gathered around the attuned doll. The doll had been crucified upside down against the wall of the locker. It is unknown where these other SCPs acquired nail. What the fuck? Nails. 
So because this SCP <laughs> was unable to carry out its vengeful thing to kill the thing, to kill its, uh, the person who put the hair on it, the other SCPs fucking killed it. What the fuck? Huh. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out whose hair would be a best use case scenario. Well, the problem is, is that there, there isn't a good one. Like, even, not to quote what Ghoul said, but to respond to his, like, you're just, you're going to find out what that person says for nine days, and then you're going to die. Yeah, the only way to make it work as Because it doesn't, it doesn't of, kill the person that it's attuned to. It, it kills, kills the person, the person that yep. uh, requested it. So, like... That's, that's the second place I was going with that. Like, what happens when one of the depression dolls encounters someone that's heavily neurodivergent and just slammed full of antidepressants? Like, there is a, uh, you know, and then two immovable objects meeting each other almost. Yeah, at that point, it becomes a fight between Big Pharma and Big Voodoo. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who wins that one. When you're, when you're left cheering for Big Pharma, what the fuck went wrong in your life? <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, though, like uh, since we use the blanket as a potential assassination tool, in theory, you could give this doll thing as a uh, as a gift to someone that you uh, do not want walking around anymore and be like, yeah, like this is that juju shit. You know, Mercury is in Gatorade, like we mentioned before. And so if you want to protect yourself, go ahead and put a piece of your hair through the string on this doll and it'll protect you and it also give you the knowledge that you're looking for to convert to do like espionage or whatever like if you can craft it in a way where your intended target puts their own hair into that doll you're gucci but you you can't guarantee that they're gonna do it because ultimately it's going to work to kill whoever inserted the hair not the recipient <clears throat> Here's another use case scenario is you just knock someone straight the fuck out, allegedly, and then you just use their hand to put the hair in the doll. Ooh, okay. I could see yeah. that. Yeah, that, that. That could work. Okay, okay. Um, all right, so what about the rest of y'all? What do you think about this uh, This doll? Interesting. That's their story. Cotier? Sorry, what was the question? No, I was My getting your thoughts brain on stopped this working doll. in a minute. Oh, that thing's fucking creepy as fuck. And uh, <laughs> I agree with Ghoul and his recommendation. Um, but and then <clears throat> also I'm kind of a dick. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being uh, being a dick, especially like in particular cases if it is deserved. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. allegedly. Okay, so we have time, I think, for maybe one more. Does anybody have one? Uh, yeah, if you want to do something funny to end the shit. I don't, I don't, we talked about it, but I don't think we went over this one specifically, but that's SCP-3270. It's perfect for Tony. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me grab that and pull it up. So you said SCP what? 3270. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, and do you want to, do you want to read this one out? I, I think it's better if you do it because you might be able to get it done faster than I, I can. Yeah. Just the tag on it. Just the yeah, title no. of it. See, so I don't no. mine doesn't have a tag. It's got the item number as SCP-3270. Object class is safe. There is an image yeah, of a I know. Very if fat you, cat. If, 
So if you yeah, go, yeah, by... just go, just go ahead and read it. No, I'll be spoiling because it's gonna spoil it for him. It's gonna spoil it. What, what, where we get the tags from is when like you go out there go like search by series, right? Oh, and then pull it up. It comes up with like a list. So like series four is three thousand to three thousand nine hundred ninety nine, right? Okay. Okay. Um, but um, they all have like nicknames or like references or something like that. <clears throat> and this one is hilarious. Now I will say real quick, Doctor Ghoul asked uh, for the last one, "What if you? Uh, what if the person who inserts the hair has robotic hands? I don't think it works on biological, um, on the biological nature. It works on the intent. So even if you have a robotic hand, if your intent is to you physically tie the hair, it is still you. No, I think that's how that kind of voodoo style magic will work. Uh, okay, so thirty-two seventy. For those of you who were listening, there is an image of a painted fat, very fat cat laying on a pillow. Special containment procedures. 3270 is to be kept within a storage locker on site 64. All photos of 3270 are to be deleted upon discovery, excluding any photos of any copies of 3270. Instances of 3270-1 are to be kept at site 88 but otherwise are allowed to roam the facility freely with it the exception of areas limited to foundation personnel. Instances of 3270-1 are to be fed cooked fish and milk at regular intervals. Requests for toys and other amenities are to be approved by three Class B personnel on Site 88, although the requests cannot exceed 30 US dollars in cost. What? What the fuck is this? Okay, so here's the description of it. SCP-3270 is a painting. It is depicting a cat resting on a pillow. When you view 3270 directly or indirectly, it causes the viewer to undergo various physical and mental changes over the course of several months. And there is a document that expresses what happens. I'll get to that. This effect does not apply to other copies of 3270, either through printing or recreation. Viewers of the original 3270 are to be classified as instances of 3270-1. So here is what happens after you have been viewing this painting for X amount of time. When you initially view the original 3270, you will express admiration for 3270. If you view a copy of it, and you express apathy or disapproval before you view the original, you will still express admiration for the original 3270. One hour after you see 3270, you will exhibit increased enthusiasm, curiosity, and have a more positive outlook on life. After one day, you will show increased interest in felines through looking at pictures or videos of common house cats, purchasing clothing, furniture, or other objects that depict cats or adopting pet cats. After one week, you will begin recommending others to begin adopting cats as pets, as well as recommending viewing 3270. After three weeks, you will exhibit cat-like behavior, such as licking yourself as a substitute to a more formal means of bathing, preferring to eat food on the floor, and walking using your arms and, like both your arms and legs. After two months, you will show increased body hair growth. Four months afterwards, your skeletal system will begin to shrink with your muscles and skin doing the same. 
After five months, miscellaneous changes to the viewer's body will occur, such as your ears changing shape and location, eyes restructuring those to those of house cats, and the loss of your thumbs and fingers in place of phalanges typical of house cats. After six months, anyone, any instance of 3270-1 are physically identical to a non-anomalous house cat, although they are still able to speak, despite not having the needed organs to do so. The physiological effects of 3270 listed above have dissipated at this point. Instances of the copy 3270-1 will have the lifespan of an average human, though are able to be terminated by normal means. So essentially, after you view the original, six months after that, you are a house cat. Yeah, so yep. essentially viewing this painting turns you into a literal furry. Yep. The, yeah. name, the name of this is the painting that makes you a furry. <laughs> and that's why I laugh so hard. I like the uh, the interview thing at the end here is pretty fucking. Oh, hilarious. I can read the I, yeah, I can read the interview to round us out. So okay, here we go. So this is an interview thirty two seventy dash one interview. Do you want to do a little bit of back and forth with this one, by the way? Yeah. Uh, I, I call me? I call I call being the uh, the SCP. Uh, okay, cool. Then I will be the doctor. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, we got this. All right. Interviewed, Doctor Allison. An instance of SCP-3270-1. The interviewer, me, Dr. Glenn Rowan. The forward footnote. Dr. Allison willingly viewed SCP-3270. This interview was conducted eight months after initial viewing. <clears throat> Why did you willingly view SCP-3270? Curiosity, mostly. How would you describe the process of transforming into an instance of SCP-3270-1? It felt all right at first, like I'd found a new hobby. Then, when it actually got to turning into a cat, it got excruciatingly painful. What is your opinion on the original 3270? It ruined my life. I'm speaking about the artistic quality of 3270. Oh yeah, well, I guess it's kind of cute. <laughs> like, I feel like that kind of apathy for Fucking someone love who's it. now a cat, basically, is exactly what I would have expected. <laughs> so that is fucking perfect. Yeah, but so good. Does anybody else have any thoughts on the, the painting that turns you into a furry before we, uh, we round out for the night? Or I, mean, the day or I have a oh, couple gosh. of people who I'd like to show. So Wait. All right, go on. I guess here's the upshot out of all that is no one says a word if you take a shit in a box in the living room and you don't have to take your eyes off the TV. Something yeah. wrong with the owner putting the litter box in the living room, though. I mean, that, yeah, there's something to be I said mean, for that. That's the thing, like, the cat takes a shit in a box, living room, kitchen, be wherever it may. No one says shit. I try it one fucking time. And all <laughs> hell breaks loose. <laughs> Uh, Funny story about, about George Clooney concerning that, by the way. Oh, God. Actually, a friend of mine, she said she had a house party at one point, and one of her friends like just dropped a fucking sawed-off gorilla's arm in the litter box and went downstairs and said, hey, <laughs> Jesus! Think <laughs> the cat's safe. Oh, shit. Uh, anybody else for any, uh, any thoughts on that painting that makes you a furry? Other than that, Tony needs it in his house? I mean, true. <laughs> true. Uh, but okay then. So 
podcast, that's going to be it for us tonight. I want to thank you all for listening whenever and wherever you're listening to our episode. I do want to ask that please, 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 if you can leave us a rating on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening to us, it would be very, very helpful because we do a lot partnered with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and your ability to help us grow and be discovered will help us only do more for children. So please, please, please do that. We've already got some strong five-star ratings on both platforms and your ratings will only continue to help that grow and increase our visibility. Now, if you want to join in on the conversation like Al Morin did and like Dr. Gould did, then you are more than welcome to tune in when we record these episodes live at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv backslash brownlove010. Now, if you have any ideas or topics or anything you want to hear myself and the ministers of Moronitude discuss and argue about, drop me a message either on Twitter or on Facebook at brownlove010. Until next time, podcast, whenever, wherever, however you enjoy listening to us, have a wonderful time. Take care. And of course, from all of us to you, bye. Bye. Night. Bye. Don't boil chicken in NyQuil.